Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Yep, that hasn't changed in quite some time, nor will it, I hope. And all month, we are talking about a subject that's very important to me, being mindful. Mindful May is our series. But I don't just mean mindfulness. I mean taking care of ourselves mindfully, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and doing so in ways that not only help us personally, but also help build our businesses to be stronger, more resilient, and frankly, healthier all the way around. And my guest today is going to be the perfect person to talk about this. I'm so excited about bringing him to you. Sunil Godse helps those people like us running businesses create a trusted brand by implementing something that you guys know I love to talk about, but it's a process he developed called intuitive branding. You know how much I talk about it, intuition. And his intuitive branding helps business owners like us, managers, leaders of all kinds, to unleash the power of our intuition to make decisions that earn the trust of our employees and the trust of our customers and get this under 14 seconds. So, you know, we want it fast, but sometimes we need to learn the backstory. Now, when this happens and we create this trust, highly talented employees won't want to work for anyone else and fiercely loyal customers will only want to buy from us. And what that does is it strips those people away from other brands, which is exactly how we can eliminate our competition and stand out strong in what we're doing. Now, with his experience doing the same himself as an entrepreneur, it led to over 20 million in revenue. So he's got proof of concept, but then that is not where he stopped. He moved on to help many other businesses collectively earn more millions, many more millions in revenue, including some major brands that you know, such as Citibank, SAP, Rogers Wireless, Western Digital, and many more. And as he says, and many others say, his advice simply works. Sunil, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Michael, for inviting me. I'm really uh, excited to talk about uh, intuition and and be the theme for Mindful May. This is going to be an amazing conversation. We've had so much fun with this series the last couple of years because it started out with me just wanting to talk a lot about mindfulness. And I always, you know, refer to my little yoga dog statue that, you know, I think mindfulness and meditation has been one of my saving graces over the past 12, 15 years. And it's really important to me. But what I've learned in this too, is when I take that time for mindfulness and meditation, it really awakens my intuition. And that's one of my strengths. So I, it's important to me. But when I forget about it and I don't practice that, my intuition can get kind of muddied up by everything else. And we were talking briefly before we started about, you know, the numbers and spreadsheets and sales quotas and all those things. And that can get in the way. So I can't wait to learn more. Tell me a little bit more about your business, how you came up with this concept. But really at the heart of it, why what you do helps people, individuals and businesses to shock their potential 
by really tapping into their intuition. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the journey down really trying to get a, a good understanding of intuition really came after I wrote my first book called Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. And the, the premise of that book was that if you were to uh, learn from the failures of others in a book, then conceptually, you shouldn't have to be able to fail uh, because you're learning from their mistakes uh, right. and hence succeed faster. And when I used to uh, go, uh, I had a book tour worldwide. Uh, in, and one of the questions I kept getting asked is, okay, Sunil, tell me the one thing that's going to make me successful as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, I used to roll my eyes, say, okay, man, like I didn't come here with a cue card or a PDF worksheet. This is a 400 like, page book. Exactly. Like it's, it's a thick book. And, and, but that question was nudging at me. And so what I ended up doing is I went back to the audio recordings and what I completely missed was that 80 to 90% of the people talked about ignoring their gut, ignoring their intuition or saying something like, I knew what the right decision was, but I didn't take that decision or I didn't make it. And I yeah. completely, I, I missed it. And that was the, the common thread that, that really helped people uh, understand why they failed. And so I started thinking, okay, what is this thing called intuition? And so when I thought back to intuition, what we often do is we think back to a time when we ignored it, because that's when intuition uh, was sort of the, the limelight in our lives. And for me, I remember I was back in engineering and I was doing some personal coaching at the time. And I had a friend reach out to me to try and get some advice. She was being stalked at the time. And so she said, Sunil, I really need some help. And I had this nudge that was saying, please meet with, with her that afternoon. And every time I thought about putting her off because I wanted to go for beers with a couple of friends, I got a louder nudge to no, it was trying to bring me back, but I ignored it. And I asked her, would you mind meeting me a couple of days later? And like a good friend, she said, sure. Um, and, to, and, and she, what ended up happening is the very next day, that same stalker walked up to her and put a bullet through her forehead oh, and no. she was killed instantly. Oh, and I ended up finding, okay, now I understand the ramifications in my life of ignoring this thing called intuition. Yeah. I really need to figure out what the heck is this thing? So I never have to do that again. And so being an engineer, I really needed. So if I Googled uh, intuition at that time, it was more, meditation or sort of the woo-woo stuff and voices from God. And it's, there's no problems if people define intuition like that. Mm -hmm. But as an engineer, I needed more of a balance between sort of the art, as I would call it, the woo-woo-ness and the science. And so uh, I took a, a hold of an academic database, typed in the word intuition, and lo and behold, 65,000 articles with MRIs showing where intuition shows up in the brain. And this is what's really, really important that I picked out from that research is that we're actually born with intuition. And in fact, there's a, there's a research study that shows that infants as young as two months old have been shown to have intuitive tendencies. Uh, and in my interviews as a podcaster, one of the questions I used to ask was, what was the earliest age that you had an intuitive thought? And for me, I remember when I was five years old, and uh, there were these video games that I wanted my dad to buy. And he said, they're too expensive. And I distinctly remember that there's this voice that told me, Sunil, you need to go door to door to raise money. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what I did. I had my two-year-old brother in tow, uh, in his diapers. 
And he and I went door to door and uh, we raised $200 and $100 went to my dad and the other $100 went to charity because I, that's, it just made me feel really good. And so I distinctly remember my intuition hitting me at five years old. And so then I looked at some further research to show that the intuition hits the amygdala which is the, the fight or flight center. And so when you're trusting your intuition, it is ready to help you with one of two decisions. Either you're going to make a decision that's going to be having you eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, which is the fear part or the, or the, or the, uh, the flight part, or the opportunity part is going to be the one that, that's going to help you make the decision that's going to move your life ahead. Mm-hmm. And further research uh, looked at, if you looked at entrepreneurs, and they measure things like heart rate and skin conductance as sort of indications that your intuition is, is being active. What they found is that entrepreneurs on average made decisions or tapped into their intuition seven to 10 seconds before they actually made a decision. And so that's how, how quickly and how, how early it helps you. And when it looks at things like trust, when we look at trusting someone, and, and Michael, when you and I came on board, the way that intuition works when it comes to trust is that it starts to develop an idea of trust by looking at you and you looking at me and body language, tone, how we're presenting ourselves in as little as 33 milliseconds. Yeah. That's I, how I, quick I, it is. I can, by, I can appreciate that. Yeah. And, that's, and, and then by the time someone exchanges either time, effort, or money, that takes under 14 seconds. And so if we look at it from a business context, if you do things the right way by tapping into your intuition and you earn the trust of those who are going to work for you because they really want to, or the customers who really love your brand because it means something to them at an intuitive level, then they're gonna trust you within 14 seconds. And that's the tagline that I have because those employees are gonna wanna stick with you through thick and thin. And you know, those customers are wanna, gonna wanna continue to buy from you because you are giving them messaging that taps into their intuition to say, you're providing tremendous value to me and they're not gonna go anywhere else. Right. And those are the resources that come from your brands because the other brands are simply not doing it. And that's how you eliminate your competition in yeah. under 14 seconds. Oh, I love so many things about what you say. But first of all, let me just say, I, I so appreciate the fact that with your engineering background, that you said, I'm going to still look at this and I'm going to look at it, even the woo-woo part of it, um, because I know it used to be considered woo-woo. Not so much anymore. I think we're really, as a society, we're becoming much more cognizant of why all this is important and, and real. But then you went back and said, okay, now also let me look at it from the science perspective. And I think I, I wrote science versus woo-woo. Because it's, it's such a beautiful way to marry in your head what might have been a new concept versus the way you were trained for your career and therefore your brain is set up to operate in. And you said, there's no reason they can't operate together. I just need to understand them both. And I think that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. And, and the best way I can, I, I mean, I love using case studies or the ways that people operate because to show really kind of how this art and science play a dance 
if for if we've all been to a situation where we're buying a house or we're buying a car or we're buying something a little expensive or something meaningful to us and let's just use do the car analogy because most people have have looked at buying a car so one of the first things that you do when you look at buying a car you're going to do the research on your uh, the type of car you want uh, you're going to look at the the year you can look at your budget so there's a lot of logical rational research that you need to do before you actually step in the showroom, or most people do that. Uh, and then when you hit the showroom, what happens is that you're looking at, you've already done the research, and then that's when the, so the science part's taken care of. The art part is going to say, I like that shape. I love that color. You're driving in, it feels really good. That's the art part. And so when you take that same analogy, and let's now imprint the complex nature of intuition, because intuition is really complex. And so the way that your actually your intuition works again, this is by me spending tens of thousands of hours on research, is that uh, there's things that we have called positive and negative intuitive signals, and so these signals are and, and they're very easy. So positive signals it basically tell you when you're trusting your intuition and your intuition is saying this is a decision that you need to make you get a positive signal and they're very unique. So for, for many of us, it's like a, a pulling, a sense of knowing, the dots connecting. Those are the ones for me, but they're also unique. I had the CEO that I interviewed and he's run now two multi-billion dollar businesses by seeing an omen pop up on his right shoulder. And when his omen pops up, he says yes to whatever he's doing. Yes to hiring that person. Yes to uh, doing a venture with that company. Yes to opening in this market. And as I mentioned, two multi-million dollar businesses, one in the online shopping space, and now he's in bespoke clothing um, based on an omen. And the flip side of, of positive signals are negative signals. And the negative signals, what they actually do is they actually start very subtle in nature to say, mm, you shouldn't be making that decision. And if you ignore that subtle signal, it's going to change and get louder so that at one point you can no longer ignore it anymore. And those signals are basically with your intuition saying you shouldn't be making that decision. Right. And so for me, for example, my very first intuitive signal that's negative, I lose my peripheral vision and my focus gets hyper in, in, in front. And again, to go to the uniqueness, I had another entrepreneur that I was interviewing. And of course, nobody's ever asked him about negative signals. I mean, you don't go to a coffee shop and say, hey, Michael, let's go for coffee. What are your negative signals? Because like, this guy's really weird. Uh, no, I'd totally be into it. I'd like, <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Yeah, How many hours exactly. do you have? <laughs> uh, but for him, he, he just didn't know what his signals were. But every single time he talked about the ventures he got into for the wrong reasons, like money, fame, or ego, he kept grabbing his left earlobe. And 10 minutes in, he goes, oh, my God, I just realized that my one strong negative intuitive signal, every time I make a bad decision, is I grab my left earlobe. And so these signals are what I call the art part, because these signals are what you feel in the moment. So very much like when you're buying that car, what do you feel like when you're driving it? What do you feel like when you're taking a look at it? That's your intuitive signals. But now let's back up. When we started to buy the car, we started to do research. And so from an intuitive perspective, there's four types of intuition that actually inform those signals. And the best way that I can go through these four types of intuitive, these four types is to give you a case study from a non-believer. So one of my friends uh, was a fellow by the name of John Rothschild. This guy was a 25-year veteran in the investment banking space. So data spreadsheets ruled his world. That was it. And so 
when I approached him to say, hey, John, I want to do an interview on intuition. He goes, Sunil, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> intuition doesn't exist. Like, come on. And so I said, well, do you mind doing the interview? And he said, you know what? I haven't seen you in a while. Why don't you come down? We'll talk about this, this, this thing called intuition uh, for five minutes, and then we'll catch up with a, a latte and, and see what's going on. So I'm rolling my eyes as I'm driving to see him saying, wow, this is going to be a great interview. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, I turn on the camera and I tell him about the, the CEO that sees all men's and the, the, the other entrepreneur that has left earlobes, his left earlobe getting hot. And he goes, mm, you know, omens, manifestation, Sunil, you know what? I'd like to, this is on camera, by the way, I'd like to shake this guy's hand, but um, listen, any decision you make in life, is about your experience and learning. And so now let's start diving into the four types of intuition. One of the first types of intuition is called experiential intuition. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about, as I mentioned earlier, you were born with intuition. Mm -hmm. And so when you're born, you have five to 6,000 experiences a day. When you're uh, older, 28 to 35,000 experiences a day, depending upon the research article you look at. Every single piece of data, every single piece of learning that you use, both formal in school or informal, that I call street smarts, every piece of learning that you have, both good uh, and bad, your failures or your hurdles, every single data point goes into the subconscious area of your brain like a library. So if you look at your brain like an iceberg, 90% below water is a subconscious part of your brain, and the 10% is above. Uh, and there's actually a Harvard research study that shows that 95% of your decision-making happens in the subconscious area of your brain, which is where your intuition is. And so when you're about to make a decision today, you've got billions and billions and billions of data points already of your own experiences telling you, hey, the decision that you're about to make is either going to be the right one, because in the past, you've made a similar decision, or... It's the wrong one because in your past, you made a similar decision that's wrong. And that's when your experiential intuition starts sending you a signal to say, hmm, either go ahead or not. And in some cases, as I was telling John, your intuition will tell you to go against the data. And he goes, oh, my God, Sunil, I actually have an, a, a situation at, like this. And I said, OK, uh, what's the situation? So John was in the, uh, was in the franchise uh, model area. So putting up a Dunkin' Donuts or a McDonald's and what his company would do, his team would do is they would look at a, uh, a benchmark uh, out of 10, like demographics, uh, traffic patterns, things like that, development in the area. So if it was a nine and a half out of 10, then he would put in a franchise, a franchise mm -hmm. location, anything less he wouldn't put in. And so now we're going to get into the second of the four called situational intuition. There's a place in Toronto uh, that was really crappy. Uh, and this is where people used to just go to the bars to get drunk. And mm -hmm. he wanted to put in a, a location that did beer pairings. And so when his team looked at it, it said, uh, John, this is a five and a half out of 10. But when he looked at the situation, he went in and he looked around. His situational was intuition, his situation intuition was saying, no, John, actually, there is going to be development in this, in this yeah. area. There are things that are going to happen. And so he went against his team's data to put that location in. And that location was the best performing brand, franchise brand in his whole portfolio. Um, yeah. And so now John's getting it. And so at one point, John's purpose changes. And he wants to now, instead of being an investment banker, he wants to run a business. And so now we're going to get into the third of the four called relational intuition. Mm -hmm. 
What relational intuition does is it filters all the people out so that the only people that you have in your inner circle that you're who you're going to trust and listen to are those who actually are a foundation for success. They're not yes people, but they will always have your back. And so in business, anybody who is looking, telling, like everybody who is concerned with money, fame, ego, high-end restaurants, limousines, they all told John he was making the mistake of his life Mm. by, by wanting to run a business. There's only one person that his relational intuition allowed him to add, to listen to, and that was his wife. Mm-hmm. And his wife simply asked John one simple question. John, why do you want to do this? Yeah, and so question. Yeah, it was just the one question. And so now this is what John actually says. And I'm par- going to paraphrase from starting this interview with Sunil intuition does not exist to having him answer his wife. And what he said on the video is that Sunil, sometimes you can have all the data but you have to trust your intuition. And I told my wife, this just feels right. That was his positive signal saying, go ahead. And so the fourth of the four is called creative intuition. Creative intuition is how risky is going to be that decision for you, not for somebody else. So if you are used to making some really good risky decisions within a tolerable limit, then your creative intuition is going to be high. And, and things like, you know, if you're going to eat a sandwich or turn out the lights, your creative intuition is pretty low. There's not much creative creativity in that. And you would think with John's background and experience, his creative intuition would say, you know what, here's, here's a, a, a business with some strong cash flows, good revenues. You can take that one over. Mm-hmm. Not his creative intuition. His creative intuition says, John, Here's a tiny bankrupt little restaurant. Why don't you go run that? And so he leaves his three to $4 million a year career, quits and walks into that tiny bankrupt little restaurant to start running it. That tiny bankrupt little restaurant ended up being Eastside Mario's location number one. And over the next 20 years, he grew that to over a thousand locations and $2 billion in revenues, all because it felt right. That's exactly how the four types of intuition work in conjunction with your intuitive signals to give you that type of success in your business. Oh, I can't even write. I've had to flip my page around to write so many notes that it's, it's crazy. So Neil, we're going to take a quick break. I don't want to stop talking, but we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then shock your media potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host, Eddie Luisi, known as stage manager to the stars and also stage manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? 
how do I get invited back again and again, and much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, go to shockyourmediapotential.com. We are back with Sunil um, Godse, and I am just, I'm loving everything you're talking about. I love it from so many perspectives. I know my everybody who listens to me are like, you love everything. But I love the things that really strike me, you know, inside in my core. But this, I mean, just that one example is such a great example of, of understanding how it affects us in so many ways and how every decision that we make that is important for ourselves, for our businesses, for our clients, for our employees, really has something that is trying to be said to us. We just have to listen. And if we listen and trust it, then the, the results of that can be incredibly powerful, not just from his experience, but I can see how this would manifest itself in thousands of other experiences. Absolutely. And, and when, when you kind of figure out that template of the four types of intuition and the signals that come uh, into it, everything that you do in your personal life or your professional life gets filtered by, by that, that particular process. And so when I look at, at, at looked at putting in intuitive branding, for example, that process that I developed, um, this is very crucial when you're running your business, because the first thing you need to do is understand your intuition and how it works. And when you understand that your success is tied to how your intuition speaks to you in terms of the four types and your intuitive signals, and it only guides you to make the right decisions and warns you to take, your, you know, move away from bad decisions, then you understand how the intuition of others is going to work. And so what I do in the intuitive branding process is I use that same template to manage other people because you're, what you need to do in business is manage other people. And way too many business owners are focused on the numbers or the short-term hits. And what they are not focusing on is trusting others to make those decisions. And so when you hire people or you have uh, bring in partners, you're, you're, you are supposed to be leading by leadership, by allowing them to tap into their intuition. And when they tap into their intuition, that's when they bring out these amazing creative ideas that increases their productivity by 37%. If you trust mm -hmm. them, which 31% go into the bottom line, tons of data on this stuff. Um, and so when you shift from looking at managing positions to managing people in positions, this, you're still the, the 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 essence of what you're trying to do is still trying to get more output. All you're doing is you're shifting from let others shine in their intuition, and let me use my intuition to let them shine. And so when it comes to hiring, now what you're saying is, oh, okay, this person is not going to be someone that's going to be able to shine his or her intuition in my company because my intuition is saying they're not a good fit. So what happens is now you start to filter the people through your into your business, allow them to use their four types of intuition, make them highly productive. And then you go on to your operations to say, okay, how can I make these processes better? How can I have them help? Once you work inside the business, then you work on the outside by us using your messaging to say, okay, this is not about... This is the this is what uh, uh, how this functions and that functions or uh, look at the features of my product. No, 
what you, your messaging should be is, this is what my product or service does to help you alleviate that problem in your life mm-hmm. or to bring value in this part of your life. And when you have your messaging in that perspective, their intuition is going to go, oh my God, you're right. So if you, if you come back to the, that car, you know, instead of being the person buying the car to the person selling the car, you, as a salesperson, you should be saying, this is the car for you. This is the comfort that you need. This is going to help you to get from A to B. If you have kids, look at the space so you don't have to worry. And so what you're doing is you're selling from a values-based perspective, not this has 3.4 liters per uh, 100 kilometers, and uh, this is a feature, and it's all-wheel drive. What does that mean? Let's take all-wheel drive. If you find yourself in a sticky situation or a snowstorm or it's rainy and you're concerned about your safety, having this car is going to make sure that you stop when you need to stop so that you can avoid that accident and save your family. So you can go from something that's all-wheel drive to something that, that emotionally attracts them at an intuitive level to say, yeah, safety is, is something. I've got two kids. So safety is paramount. And so, yeah, all, all wheel drive to me now means my two kids are safe mm-hmm. and not a feature. And so that's how you change your messaging and your sales tactics by simply using your intuition to tap into their intuition. And so when you understand the four types and the signals, you understand how your employees are able to shine. You understand how to attract the right uh, people to your business. And you've got the one to whammy that's going to increase your sales. And what I essentially did is when I developed the intuitive branding process, never mind that I had 20 years of experience earning $20 million in my businesses and helping uh, others make millions. I said a year ago, back in January, I said, let's start fresh. Mm-hmm. Let's take 15 businesses all the way from startup to the major fortune 50 and have them go through the intuitive branding process. And on average, they doubled their revenues from their competitors in in a year on average and they collectively put in over a million dollars just from the 15 that went through the intuitive branding process right from the start yeah so the advice simply works as i always say it i i agree i can see how it plays out in so many ways and i was just reflecting on when you're talking about the signals that we get positive and negative and what first came through to me was when I know I've made the wrong decision or I haven't yet made the right decision, you know, if I'm on the fence, I haven't, you know, pulled the trigger on something um, that I don't sleep that wakes me up constantly in, in the night. And what used to happen, you know, a couple of years ago, even until it changed a couple of years ago with some different ways that I'm trying to manage my energy um, is that I wouldn't sleep well. And so then I'd be more tired and then I wouldn't make, I wouldn't trust my intuition as much. So I didn't make um, always the right decision, or if I did, I took too long. And so then you, you lose some opportunity. And so in the last couple of years, when I have that in my head, even if it's in the middle of the night, I will get up and I will send myself uh, an email. (laughs) And the reason being, because then it pops up first thing, you know, in my, my inbox in the morning and I'm reminded, and then I can go back to sleep. And then I kind of do my meditation saying, it's okay, you'll deal with it in in the morning. And then that gives me some sort of peace, but that is, I always know if I'm, if something's keeping me from sleeping, then I've either made the wrong decision or I haven't yet made the right decision, but there's something that I better listen to. And it's powerful. Yeah. And one of the very, very pivotal things that you mentioned is 
one of the reasons why people ignore their intuition is that they get to that point where let's say they're trusting intuition, their intuition says, hold on, you're making a bad decision, and they pause. At, at that moment, what you need to do is it, you need to pause to say, okay, there's a negative signal coming from one of the four types. Why? And yeah. so what we often don't do, because nobody's ever taken this deep a dive in intuition, is that we say, okay, my negative signal is coming from my situational intuition. That's how much I break it down. What is it about the situational intuition is a problem. And I take a look at that problem. And what I say is, can I turn that problem or get rid of that problem, turn that problem into a win or get rid of that problem. And so you take the steps to do that. And when you do that, your positive, your negative signal turns into a positive signal. And now all four types of intuition are sending you positive signals. That's how you overcome these issues. And what most do is that they get that negative signal and then they push through to start making bad decisions or they walk away mm-hmm. and they ignore an opportunity and they don't take the time to figure out what's going on. Um, and there's this thing called opportunity cost when you decide to not trust your intuition. And the, mm-hmm. the best way I can, I can show you about an opportunity cost is about a, another case study. So there's this fellow by the name of Vin Jang. He's in back in 2016. This guy was uh, earning seven figures as a professional magician and teaching communication around the world. He was on uh, 80 stages, 100,000 people in 2016. His life, according to us, was on fire. His Mm -hmm. life, according to his intuition, was just about to go down the toilet because his intuition was saying, you have an issue. And what was happening was that he was soaking up an ego, money, fame, friends that don't really, they're fair weather friends, high-end brands, living in downtown LA. But internally, he was so unhappy. And his intuition got so loud that it said, you better do something or you're finished. So he actually goes to New Zealand. He tells his wife, I got to fix this. And he starts putting up what he thinks are the values up as a business owner up on the wall. And he looks at them and he goes, oh my God, that's what my wife wants. This is what my manager wants. This is what my customers want. Where's Vin Jang? I am nowhere up here. So he takes those values down. He puts up his own values. And what he thought was supposed to be a really cathartic, happy experience was frightening because he said, for the first time ever in my life, I was starting to make decisions for me. And so he came back from New Zealand, ready to listen to his intuition. And he falls back to the same old lifestyle again. And six months goes by and his parents come up from Australia and his mother turns, takes him aside. And uh, his background is he's Vietnamese. And his mother has a saying in Vietnamese that says that when you hang around squid, you're going to get a lot of ink on you, <laughs> right? So she's saying, you're hanging around the wrong people. Yeah. This is not my boy. And yeah. he realized at that moment that he had lived a life through ego. And he finally started to trust his intuition. He sold the, the, the Mercedes, got the minivan, moved out of downtown LA, out to the suburbs. Um, and he felt happier. And then one of the things that I told Ben in our, this is in our podcast interview is that, but Vin, it's not just that you've actually not just lost six months of your life. You've lost a year. And he goes, how's that? Well, it's not just the six months that you lost ignoring your intuition. It's also the six months that you've lost 
that you could have gained yeah. by trusting your intuition. So you've actually lost a full year of your life. And if you're in the business of helping 100,000 people a year improve their lives, how many people did you leave behind? Oh, how yeah. many people did you leave down? And he says, I've never, ever thought about it that way. Yeah. So that's what happens when you ignore your intuition. It's twice the cost. Absolutely. Oh, so now I could talk to you all day long without a doubt. And I am going to make sure not only do we have all of your contact information on our show notes, we will have links to your books all everywhere that people can find you. But I can guarantee you there's people driving right now listening and they're like, I don't have time to stop and look at the show notes. How do I find this man? What's Absolutely. the best way to find you? You, you can go to sunilgodsey.com. Um, everything's there. Um, and you can always, I'm on all the socials, LinkedIn, TikTok. I don't do any dancing on TikTok because your intuition will say, don't watch this guy. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, I'm, I'm everywhere. So I've also got a YouTube channel. So wherever you want to find my content, uh, definitely find my content. And if you're interested in finding more about intuitive branding, there's a link to a webinar on my snailgodsy.com website. Uh, and I do have a course. Uh, and with the course, I always give you one, the main thing of strengthening intuition is free. So anytime you just, even if you don't, before you even spend a dollar on you want me wanting me to help you. I want you to go to the process of strengthening your intuition to understand what it is. Mm. And so that's my gift to everybody else before they dive into anything else that I'm doing with them. So I love it. I love it. Now you've already given us so much wisdom, but do you have any, before we go last words, of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Absolutely. So after you've listened to this podcast interview, every decision that you want to do or that you want to make, is something that has to flow through the four types of intuition. So if you just go through that process of taking each decision, especially the more important ones, and see how the four types of intuition are, are, are talking to you about, tell, telling you about each decision and the signals around it, if you go through that process, you'll strengthen your intuition by leaps and bounds. And that way, every decision you make is going to be the right decision in whatever situation is that you face. And that's how you shock your potential because then the doors of opportunity open up for you as long as you open up those doors. I love it. Sunil, thank you so much for being with us today. You have been a fabulous guest. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.